Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Thursday morning, the 23rd of February, 2023. Brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Check them out online, ffbt.com. I'm Andy Eubank. Welcome. The Hat Podcast includes Eric Pfeiffer and Elise Koning on the news. And that includes new leadership at Purdue Extension as Jason Henderson exits. And full certification is now required to apply restricted-use pesticides. Hat Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has the weather update after the rains have left Indiana. Wednesday, grains and oil seeds sold off. We'll have the settlements and analysis from Steve Erdman in Chicago on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. New leadership for Purdue Extension and a new rule for applying restricted-use pesticides. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today News, brought to you by McDonald's of Greater Indiana and Southwest Michigan. This FFA week, McDonald's of Indiana is proud to salute the next generation of farmers from the Hoosier State. Purdue Extension will have new leadership at the beginning of March. Angela Abbott, the Assistant Dean for Outreach and Engagement for the College of Health and Human Sciences and Associate Director for Purdue Extension, has been named Interim Associate Dean and Purdue Extension Director. This after Dr. Jason Henderson announced earlier this year that he'll be moving on. I've accepted a position as the Vice President of Extension and Outreach at Iowa State University. Um, I begin there April 3rd. Um, it's an opportunity for me to, A, be closer to family, but there's also a lot of opportunities out there from a professional standpoint in that university. Um, I've been here, I'm a Purdue alum, I've been here 10 years, it's been a great ride and a great time, but it was just one of those um, opportunities that come along for me to be, A, closer to family and to see, see some different opportunities and, and different things, so looking forward to that. Henderson was raised on a dairy farm in northeast Iowa. He also has twin daughters that play college softball at Iowa. After getting his bachelor's degree from Central College in Iowa, Henderson came to West Lafayette to pursue his master's and doctorate degrees in ag economics. When asked what his time at Purdue has meant to him, Henderson got emotional, saying he was just giving back to a university that gave a lot to him. I'm a boiler baker. We build it one brick higher, and I'm very proud of that. Henderson says he won't be a stranger to the Hoosier State. My son's going to be here going to college and so there'll be opportunities for me to come here. I spent a lot of time at the State Fair. I told them now I get to go back to be the State Fair. Instead of working, I get to enjoy it um, like everybody else does. Uh, this place has given me a lot and uh, just glad I could help have a small impact on this state. Anderson is a nationally recognized expert in agricultural and rural issues. Prior to coming to Purdue, he served as vice president and Omaha branch executive 
at the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. A new rule for applying restricted-use pesticides, or RUPs, came into effect on January 4th here in Indiana. Our Elise Koning has the details. The previous rule stated that RUPs could be applied by individuals who were either fully certified or operating under supervision. Dave Scott, Pesticide Administrator for the Office of Indiana State Chemists, says the new rule was developed in response to changes the Environmental Protection Agency made in federal requirements. As a result, we revised our state rules to eliminate eliminate the provisions for direct supervision of non-certified applicators. So now anybody who is using a restricted-use pesticide has to be uh, fully certified. To aid in the transition, Scott says efforts this year will concentrate on helping individuals implement the new requirements and become certified. Assuming you're, you're just applying pesticides by ground application, you'd pass a general standards or a core exam. So the requirement to become certified is the same for farmers now that it has been for the last 30 years. Uh, the only deviation from that, if, if you're a farmer that uses fumigants, there would be one additional exam you would be required to, to take. Also, if you're a farmer uh, that may apply pesticides by aerial application, uh, you would have to take an aerial application exam as well. Scott says the rule change focuses on safety. It's important from a wildlife protection perspective, a personal protection perspective, a water quality protection perspective. Uh, It's important that folks understand potential impacts of the products they use. For more information, visit HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Elise Koning. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Trust. It takes time to obtain and just minutes to lose. Hoosier Ag Today is proud that over the past 18 years, we have gained and maintained the trust of Indiana farmers and farm families. On any given day, almost half of all the radios in trucks, barns, farm offices, and farmhouse kitchens are tuned to Hoosier Ag Today reports. The number one trusted source for agriculture information in Indiana is Hoosier Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible. Dry weather in here for today. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. The big rains of yesterday, gone. Now we start to dry out just a little bit. We are still mild for your Thursday, but temperatures are going to be falling off. We're seeing the coldest part of the air mass following in here, lagging the frontal passage by just a little bit. So your Thursday still looks relatively mild. Temperatures start to fall off in northwest Indiana as we approach late afternoon and evening, and the rest of the state sees the cold air blast through overnight tonight. Now for your Friday, we are much colder. Temperatures may struggle to get much out of the 30s in parts of the state, but it's February after all for at least a few more days here. The chilly air sticks around through Saturday as well, then temperatures moderate a little bit on Sunday, but all three days 
days are mostly dry. Overnight Sunday night into Monday, we're seeing our next system come in. Rain once again, quarter to three-quarter inch rainfall totals. Coverage 100% of the Hoosier State is gone by evening, Monday night. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're dealing with a mix of clouds and sunshine. Temperatures yo-yoing back and forth near normal to slightly above. We do have a significant system trying to lift in late in the week on Friday that likely brings rain, maybe a little bit of rain changing to snow for that first start to the weekend in March. That's the way things are stacking up. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. A lower bias for the ag markets and other commodities as well on Wednesday. This is the Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. The review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. Learn more at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. We'll have settlements from an across-the-board sell-off in corn, beans, and wheat coming up. First market analysis, which I secured at the end of Wednesday trade from Steve Erdman, EFG Group in Chicago. Why that lower bias, Steve? Andy, I think it's basically fear. I think people are getting increasingly concerned about the saber-rattling between China, Russia, U.S., and the, the fact that that Russia and China are now talking about, or at least China is talking about sharing uh, weapons with, weaponry with Russia in their war against Ukraine. And I think that's got the market a little bit unnerved. I think we did back off a little bit. The products backed off a little bit, and I think that, that helped to sell off in beans. But I think corn is corn's not going anywhere without wheat. And as we saw wheat today, it's still... Every time we turn around, somebody in the world is telling us how good their wheat crop is. Russia, Australia, uh, even the EU now, even though they're dry, you know, and all of this this bullish enthusiasm has been built up by the dryness that they've experienced in, in Argentina. And Argentina still can't catch a break. They had frost damage yesterday. and But, you know, to overshadow that is the Brazilian crop and how good it is right now. The only problem with the Brazilian crop is they're having some logistical issues now, and they can't get stuff shipped as quickly as they'd like. I think that's pushing business or has been pushing business to the U.S. as, as origin, but I think we have to be careful because the seasonality of, of the trade. I think if uh, the seasonal, say you sell beans on Friday, this Friday, day after tomorrow, and you know the seasonal trade says 13 out of 15 years, that's been a profitable trade. Just for you know, seven hundred to a thousand bucks a contract, but that's also something that we need to keep in mind as as one of our tools to try to analyze the market and the market opportunities. Corn is just going to follow wheat. You can't have corn being even stable when wheat's down twenty cents where it was today. The dryness still persists in the southern plains. The northern plains are supposed to get a bunch of snow, um, anywhere from one to three feet. I think they're saying today. Right now, it's, it's coming down pretty good. With 50-mile-an-hour winds. You know, it's not what they'd like to see with these cold temperatures because it takes a lot of the moisture out of it. But, again, that moisture is moisture. And I think uh, that's, that's beneficial, obviously. It's going to be a little bit damaging to the livestock market and weight gains and cattle and such. And calving is going to start pretty soon, so that's not good. But uh, I think the market has a bunch of things to digest right now, and especially this China deal. It's a little bit unnerving to me to, to think of what uh, would happen to our, our biggest customer 
in the ag sector if we get into a geopolitical mess. So I think the market's reacting to it. Steve, corn, soybeans, wheat, any one of those markets potentially able to bounce back quicker than the others? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. I really think the market is content right now to spin its wheels. So if you have the mindset where you can buy the brakes and sell the rallies and trade this market for what it's offering right now, I think that's relatively safe, whether it's corn or soybeans or wheat. But you've got to make sure that you're looking at chart points and and it, you know adhering to those chart points in terms of buying breaks and selling rallies. You don't want to get caught up, you know, long the bean market, for example, in the old crop, about 15 bucks. It's just not a good idea. Same thing with November beans. You don't want to be, I don't think you want to be long no beans over $14 because the, the you know, we have at the end of this week, the USDA is going to come out and tell us what the, the conference says about our planning intentions this year. Are we going to plant 91 million acres of corn? Is it going to be 92 or 90.5? So it's just that kind of week where I think it might be the better part of valor to keep your hands in your pockets and, and, and wait till next week to see what kind of reactions we get from the USDA conference. Steve Erdman with EFG Group in Chicago. On the Who's Your Ag Today, Wednesday, Farm Market Review. Settlements, six and a half lower on March corn. It ends at 674. May corn dipped down to 674 and a quarter, six and a quarter cents lower. Beans almost a dime down. March soybeans, 1539 and a half, nine and a quarter lower, nine and a quarter off on the May contract too, 1534 and three quarters. And March wheat, 736 and a half, a loss of 14 cents. The meats mixed. Down just two cents on April live cattle, 165.07. Deferreds a bit higher. April lean hogs very weak, down 255 at 86.55. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Farm Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today? Timely, relevant, credible.